0: So when we know someone who has a need and we know someone who can help meet that need, we, we generally like to share that with someone. I mean, for example, like we, we love our mechanic. We, we see our, our car mechanic. He is, uh, he's great. He was introduced to us actually by somebody here at Grace Point, and he always does a great job like fixing whatever it is that needs to be fixed, and he does it at a reasonable price, and we just, we've just developed a huge trust in him. We see a little bit more of him than I would like to see because we have a lot of cars with our kids growing up and, and all that, but we just, we trust him. And so anytime I hear somebody say, oh, you know, something's going on with my car, I've got to get it looked at, I always ask them the question, do you have a mechanic you trust? Because if you don't, I know a guy, and I would love to, to point you to him. If, if you need help with that, let me know after the service, uh, and I'll, I'll point you that direction. So we, we like to, I mean, I don't, I don't want to keep that to myself. Like if somebody has a need, like I want them to benefit as I have. I don't want to be selfish and, and hold on to that. Well, the same is true of our faith. I mean, if you have benefited from your relationship with Christ, if, if you've experienced his transforming work in your life, as it's described, Paul describes it in, in Philippians 2, he says, if there's any encouragement In Christ, if you've experienced that from knowing Jesus, any comfort from love, any participation in the Spirit, any affection and sympathy. I mean, when we experience these things personally in a relationship with Christ, we want to share those with people who who need encouragement. Who need comfort. I mean, we live in a world right now where there's a lot of people who need these things in in their lives. And so we don't want to hold on to those things for for ourselves. We want to share that with others. I realize there may be some of you here this morning and some people first service that were watching online that maybe you haven't experienced those things. You haven't experienced the, the comfort of knowing Christ yet. Maybe you're just exploring faith. You're just learning about Jesus. If if that's the case, then first of all, I'm glad you're here. Glad you're here to learn more about him. Secondly, I want to tell you about a a really cool new opportunity that we have to offer. And that is a, a group that's starting that's called Living Grace, The Basics. And that is a group specifically for people who are very new to their faith or who are still just exploring faith, have a lot of questions. It's going to be a small group experience, an opportunity for you to ask your questions live with with people in in the room and just kind of wrestle through those things. So our first Living Grace group is going to start on April 22nd. It's a Thursday night. If you are interested in that, email me, email the office. We will get you in touch. We'll get you signed up for, for that group. For many of us who have experienced the comfort, the the reassurance of knowing Jesus Christ as our personal savior and and friend. There, There is somebody in your life who needs to know that, that comfort. And so I would just ask you to pause for just a second and think about your circle of acquaintances. Think about your neighbors, coworkers, family. Who is someone in that circle who needs the comfort and encouragement of knowing Christ. Jesus called us to go into all the world with the gospel. And that starts with going into your world, going into your circle. And we're going we're to look this morning at what it looks like to do that. So if you would take a Bible and turn with me to Luke chapter 10. That's where we're going to be as we are finishing up the Red Letter Challenge, where we've been looking at the five topics that Jesus talked about the most. And so I'm going to ask you one, one last time to help me recall what those are. The first one, again, hint, starts with a B. So it's being. Secondly, forgiving. Then third, serving. Thank you. Fourth, and we talked about that last week. And then today we're talking about going. Somebody shared with me that, uh, just this morning, they said as we come to the end of this, he said at the beginning of the Red Letter Challenge, he was kind of thinking, wow, this is kind of basic stuff. I mean, like, you know, we should know this by now. But then, then he realized, he's like, you know, we, we need to keep coming back to the basics. We need to get excellent at the basics. Just like an athletic team, you'll always need to be going back and reviewing basic skills Because we need to be great at those in order to keep growing. And I know for some of you, these are new. So today we're going to be talking about going, taking taking the great news about Jesus into our world. And to do that, we're going to look at a scene here in Luke chapter 10 where Jesus sends a group of his followers to preach in towns that he is going to be visiting as he is moving on his way to, to Holy Week. From this point, let, let me just read to you. Actually, before we get to Luke 10, let me just read Luke 9, 51. When the days drew near for Jesus to be taken up, he set his face to go to Jerusalem. He set his face. Jesus knew what was waiting for him in Jerusalem, that the, the ultimate sacrifice of his life was waiting. And so from this point in Luke, the rest of the book is about his, his journey towards Jerusalem to sacrifice and and so he he knew that coming into Jerusalem, it's it's gonna the week Holy Week is gonna start out well. It's gonna start out triumphantly, as we talked about earlier. We celebrate Palm Sunday, so it starts out well, but very quickly the opposition turns on him, which has actually been building now for years. And then it's going to result in crucifixion. And and I want to just underscore what Jay shared about this. Good Friday. I just, I really encourage you to carve out time to join us for that, either in person here or, or watching online. And I, I ask you to do that because, you know, I know that most of us, probably all of us and a whole bunch of people are gonna come together to celebrate resurrection next Sunday morning. The celebration of resurrection means so much more when we recognize the sacrifice of crucifixion what Jesus went through. So don't skim over that because it's uncomfortable. It's, a, it's going to be a sobering time. It's going to be a reflective time, but it's going to set the stage for an, an amazing celebration of, of life. So Jesus is on his way to see all of these things happening, and he's sending this group of followers to preach in the towns that they're going to enter on the way. So with that, Luke chapter 10, verse 1. After this... The Lord appointed 72 others, and he sent them on ahead of him, two by two, into every town and place where he himself was about to go. Going to all the world starts with going across the street. So eventually, the message about Jesus is going to go into all the world. It's going to spread. But, but for now, they're sharing it on the way. And actually, when Jesus gives us the Great Commission, that, that's what he's telling us to do. He says, go and make disciples. And that the verb form there is actually, as you are going, make disciples. So as you're living life, as you're going. And so these people are on their way to Jerusalem, and, and they're going into the towns to preach. And they are preparing the way for Jesus. Because notice, he, he says, it's, he sent them on ahead of him into every town and place where he himself was about to go. See, they are preparing the way for Jesus because he is the main event. So they're not the main event. They're they're just preparing the way. That's what we do as we are sharing with people. We we just share and prepare. I mean, we, we just share what we know about Jesus and what he has done in our lives And so we're sharing and we're preparing for him to make his grand entrance into their lives. Because we aren't the ones that changes anybody's heart. We just prepare them for for Jesus. I I love what our our care team says, a a little slogan that they have. Our care team, formerly known as the Barnabas Care Team, they, they say, we are caregivers. Jesus is the cure giver. So we're just here to provide care and to introduce people to Jesus, but he's the one that they need in their life to transform them. And so we go ahead of Jesus in a sense to prepare the way for him. Incidentally, I just, I'll say this while I'm talking about the care team. Uh, the care team is not just for the people in our congregation, although that's primarily what it's there for. When, when you have a need for someone to to listen, to care, to pray with you as you are going and as you are sharing with someone, if they have a need that's a little bit beyond you, so not not professional counseling level, we can we can help you with that too. We can help you get you pointed to someone for that. But if if it's just somebody that's going through something really heavy and you're like, you know what, I can pray with them, but I really feel like they would benefit from talking to somebody else, um, you can point them to our care team. You can do that by emailing care at gracepointpa.org. They, they, love, they love to do ministry not just within our church family, but also for those outside. They would love to use that opportunity to share their faith in Christ with them as well and to pray with them. So as you're talking with someone, you can even ask them. Maybe they're grieving the loss of someone or they're just going through something really heavy. You could ask them, would you like someone from our church to pray with you? And if they say, yeah, I would love that, then connect them to our prayer team. You never know what God might want to do with that. So as we are going in our lives, there's five principles here in this scene from, uh, from Luke 10 that apply for us. The first is to pray. The first thing we can do as we are going is pray. Uh, Verse two Jesus said to them, The harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. Why do we pray? Well, we pray because the task is huge. The task is going into all the world. It's interesting that Luke notes here that there were 72 people that Jesus sent out. There's a significance, most likely, to, to that number. Because if we went back to Genesis chapter 10, we would see a list there of the descendants of Noah after the flood. And each one of those descendants fans out and actually becomes a nation. It's sometimes called the table of nations. Guess how many descendants are there? 72. So in, in Luke chapter 9, Jesus sends out his 12 disciples on a very similar kind of mission. So he's sending out 12 disciples, which puts, puts in our mind the nation of Israel. Now the mission is expanding. Now he's sending out 72 to those nations because God wants to go into all the world with the message of Christ. So we pray because that's a, an enormous, overwhelming Mission. The second reason we pray is because that mission is not going to be easy. In verse 3, there's going to be resistance. Verse 3, he says, go your way. Behold, I'm sending you out as lambs in the midst of wolves. There's going to be spiritual opposition. So question, when a lamb goes up against a wolf, who's going to win? All right, that's, that's, a, that's a tough situation. And so we pray, we pray earnestly for God's empowerment, his protection for him to make us ready to face the opposition that, that we will face, the spiritual opposition. The third reason we pray is because prayer changes hearts. So the, the word here for pray, there, there's several words used in, in the Greek for pray. This one means, as it's translated, pray earnestly, beg. Plead. I mean, we're pleading for God to change hearts. Most of us have recognized at some point, we, we can't change anybody's heart. We can't argue anyone into believing what God has said. So we pray, we pray earnestly, and we pray for more laborers. That's what Jesus is exhorting us to, because we need more people going out into the harvest fields. And even as we pray for God to raise up other laborers, it changes our hearts because we realize how urgent how huge this this mission is, and we need to be part of it. So, some opportunities for you to pray. We're being very practical here this morning. Opportunities for you to pray. Every Wednesday night, we have a prayer team that, that gathers. They've been gathering virtually now, and uh, at one point we'll we'll get back together in person. But for now, virtual, they're they're gathering every Wednesday night to pray over the ministries of the church, to pray for people who have needs within the congregation, and to pray for our mission. And so I would encourage you, if you, if you want to pray earnestly with another group of people who are doing that, or if you want to learn how to pray earnestly, I, I learned how to pray by listening to other people pray. So I'd encourage you to participate in that. You can find out about that by emailing prayer at gracepointpa.org. We'll put you in touch with that group. Another place that you can pray for, for God to raise up people, uh, harvesters for God to reach people who are lost is in your small groups. As you meet with your small group, a lot of times when we meet with our small groups, we, we pray for needs of people. Maybe, maybe, you know, Aunt Sally is having a surgery coming up. Keep Don't stop praying for that. Keep praying for those needs, but also add into your prayers prayers for lost people in your sphere of influence. Share about somebody who's at work, somebody who's a, a neighbor that desperately needs the Lord. Pray together, for that, Jesus says to pray earnestly. I, I heard Craig Groeschel say recently, he starts out his day with, with this prayer God, give me eyes to see anyone I come into contact with who needs to hear about Jesus. What a great way to start our day. God, give me eyes to see and make me ready to be ready to share my faith. The second thing to keep in mind as we are going is to trust. So, first we pray. Then we trust. Verse four. Carry no money bag, no knapsack, no sandals, and greet no one on the road. There's an urgency here. Whatever house you enter, first say, Peace be to this house. And if a son of peace is there, your peace will rest upon him. But if not, it will return to you. Remain in the same house, eating and drinking what they provide, for the laborer deserves his wages. Do not come, go from house to house. Whenever you enter a town and they receive you, eat what is set before you. Sometimes we can overplan and overthink our mission. I mean, we, we live in a culture and in a town that loves to have, you know, everything buttoned down and everything planned out. And sometimes we can paralyze ourselves because we think, wow, I, you know, I don't have every little thing taken care of yet. I don't have every I dotted and every, every T cross Jesus says. Um, don't wait until you have all of that stuff put together. Go. go! In fact, go before you have it all planned out. Don't, you don't have to be irresponsible, but just go trusting the Lord. Sometimes we, we can paralyze ourselves and not reach out to people in our lives because we, we say, you know what, I, just, I don't have time to build relationships with people. Or I don't know the answers to all of their questions. Jesus says, go, go, and, and I will provide for you as you are going I'll provide for you the words he he promises that the Holy Spirit will give us words in the day when we aren't quite sure what to say and don't ever be afraid when you are when you're sharing with someone they ask you a question you can't answer it's okay to say to them you know what that that is an awesome question and right now today I can't do justice to that but here's what I will do I want to go check that out and and I want to get back to you on that Here's the the bonus that you get when you say that you get another chance to talk to them again in in the future. So don't be afraid to say that. Sometimes it can be uncomfortable um, to to reach out to people and. And it, it gets us out of our comfort zone, like in, in our home, like we're, we're seeking ways to like build bridges with our neighbors. And the first step of, of building a bridge is to, to get out of my, my comfy house shoes that I like to just slough around in, around the house, and, and to kind of put on some real shoes so that I can go across the street and, and talk to my neighbors. Because some of that sometimes is, is a little uncomfortable. I mean, sometimes we get into conversations, and, and I'm not quite sure how they're, they're going to respond. And, and sometimes we're meeting needs because we, we hear that somebody is not feeling well, they're sick, and so we say, can we take a meal to you? That's, that can be uncomfortable because like we may not have time really to put that together We're having to carve out that time. And, and ultimately, my goal is that, that we're building relationships so that we can have deeper conversations and, and talk about our faith. And quite honestly, I don't know where some of these folks are at. And, and I think that probably some of them think very differently, believe very differently than I do. So there's a, there's a discomfort factor in that. But how, how vital for us to be building those, those bridges because going to all the world starts with going across the street. I love what, what Zach says in our, our devotional on day 35. We'll get there in a couple of days. He says, you don't need the comforter if you never leave your comfort zone. You know, Jesus calls the Holy Spirit the comforter. So we really don't have much need for the comforter if we're just kind of staying safe inside of our walls and not really venturing out and taking the risk to engage with people who may believe differently than, than we do. The third thing we should keep in mind as we are going is to point to Jesus. Verse 9. Jesus says, heal the sick in it and say to them, the kingdom of God has come near to you. Heal the sick, Jesus says. Meet practical needs. Care for people and then couple that meeting of needs with the message that the kingdom of God has come. That's that's the message about Jesus. The the verb tense here, the the kingdom of God has come. It's the perfect tense. It means it's completed. Jesus is here. Don't miss him. And so we we are called to meet practical needs. The the word heal there in the Greek is therapuo. We get our word therapy, right? Therapeutic. From that, just it just means to meet practical needs, to help people heal and to care for them. We can do that in physical ways. I mentioned, you know, making a meal, maybe taking someone on, uh, giving them a car ride to a doctor's appointment. Wear your mask; you'll be okay. Um, Those are some practical, tangible medical needs that we could meet. There's also heart needs. Heart people's hearts need healing. And what an opportunity we have as we enter into relationship with people to care for them, to take time to listen when they're telling you about difficulties that they're going through. Sometimes that's the scariest thing for us because we're like, wow, you know, I don't have time. I I barely have the capacity to keep up with the stuff that's going on in my life, let alone take on your stuff. But that's where we trust and we say, God, if if you want me to minister to these people, I'm going to trust you to give me the capacity to do that and to bring healing, and then to point them to Jesus. The fourth thing to keep in mind is to expect rejection. So in verse 10, Jesus says, whenever you enter a town and they do not receive you, go into its streets and say, even the dust of your town that clings to our feet we wipe off against you. Nevertheless, know this, that the kingdom of God has come near. I tell you, it will be more bearable on that day for Sodom than for that town. Jesus referring to a a town in the Old Testament that was completely obliterated, and he goes on and he lists several other towns that are not receiving the message of Jesus. And and he says in verse 16, the one who hears you hears me, the one who rejects you rejects me, and the one who rejects me rejects him who sent me. Jesus says, um, don't, don't expect to be accepted by everybody. You're going to be rejected. I've been rejected. You're going to be rejected as well. And don't, so don't take that rejection personally. Sometimes we can get paralyzed with that again, and we can just feel like, you know, I I don't want them to reject Jesus. I I failed, you know. No, the, the failure is if we fail to bring the message to them. And the failure is if we take it so personally that we think it's about us. The mission isn't about us the mission is about Jesus and pointing people to them so expect to be rejected Jesus was on his way to the ultimate rejection of crucifixion and so we we shouldn't expect that we're not going to experience some of that as well just please please be sure that if you're rejected by someone if the message of Jesus is rejected it's because of the, the difficulty of the message of Jesus, which is a hard message. It's hard to hear that we are sinners in need of forgiveness. That is a hard message. But make sure that if you're rejected, it's not just because you're being a jerk, okay? Because that's a, that's a thing too, is to be obnoxious, to be condescending, to be judgmental. And then they're rejecting, not Jesus, they're, they're rejecting the obnoxiousness. And, and so make sure that You're speaking truth, how? In love. Speak truth in love. Sometimes truth is hard, but when we speak it in love, then it can open their heart to hear even even a hard truth. And so make sure as you're sharing your faith that you love the person that you're sharing with um, and pray towards that end. That's why we start with prayer. God, give me the right heart towards this person. Let me just say a word before we leave this to someone who may be listening who has not yet embraced Jesus as your Savior, as your Lord, as your friend. Maybe maybe you're still exploring, you're still questioning about that. That's good, keep keep wrestling. But you, you need to know, if you choose to reject him and not choosing to accept him is essentially rejecting him, you need to know that the consequences for that Rejection are serious, and they are irreversible. Jesus talks here about these towns that are not receiving his word. Every town that he talks about, they're, they're gone. They're, they're history. They, they have not survived. And so, as, as Jesus gives us a window to respond to his gracious offer of forgiveness, and if we... Do not receive that within that window. We lose our opportunity and we are separated from God for eternity in judgment. So, so today is, is your day. If, if you've been seeking and if you have not yet trusted Christ as your Savior, you can do this from where you're sitting as you're listening to just say to Jesus, Jesus, I'm tired of trying to do life on my own. I've made a mess of it. I have sinned against you and I need your forgiveness. I need you to make me new. And I want to learn what it means to follow you. If you pray that you have entered into a new life with Christ, and really, you don't, even have to, you don't have to say anything else about that. But as you begin to benefit from that, you'll want to share that with others. And I would love to know if you prayed that, because I would love to help you take a next step in your journey. And our, that Living Grace class would be a great place for you to be as well. The kingdom of God has come near to you. Don't walk away without embracing it, entering into it. The fifth, the fifth thing we need to keep in mind, the last thing that we keep in mind as we are going is to remember who before do. So in verse 17, the 72 returned with joy saying, Lord, even the demons are subject to us in your name. So so they've gone out, they've done their preaching, and now they're coming back to Jesus, and they are excited because the demons are subject to us in, in your name. And Jesus said to them, verse 18, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. Behold, I have given you authority to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall hurt you. Nevertheless, do not rejoice in this, that the spirits are subject to you, but rejoice that your name's... Are written in heaven. As we are going with the message of Jesus, we, we are entering into spiritual battle. And we're gonna have the opportunity to see God do some exciting things. He's, he's gonna win some victories, and we should be excited about that. But Jesus says, don't focus so much on what you do, focus on who. You, you are. He talks about our names being written in heaven. That's what we should be rejoicing about. And that really takes us back to the start of our red letter challenge. You remember what the first week was about, right? Be being, right? So it's about who I am in Christ. So it's important for us to do things. It's important for us to go. It's important for us to give. It's important for us to serve. It's important for us to forgive, But it all begins with being. And and we do what's modeled here. We we go and we do. And then we return and we are refilled. We we remember who we are. That's, That's the rhythm of discipleship. Go and do. And then return and be. Go and do. But then return, come back to Jesus, and just be. Remember who you are. You are redeemed by Jesus. You are loved by him. You are refueled by him. When when we lose sight of that, when we lose sight of who, then our do goes off the rails. That's where we get into all kinds of trouble, trying to do too much. We have to come back and be. And so that sets us up really well, actually, for our April series that begins next week. We're going to be delving really deeply into what the gospel means for us and, and the security that we have in being in relationship with God. Some people struggle a lot with, you know, after I trust Christ as my Savior, I, I mess up, I keep messing up. And, and I, what, is there a point where God just gives up on me and I'm done? We're going to talk about the security of, and the extent to which God goes to secure us into his his family. And then in May, we're going to come back to going. So after thinking about who we are, then we're going to talk again about going, and we're going to delve into that a lot deeper. Today was just scratching the surface. You know, we're we're talking about prayer today. We're we're talking about, you know, these these basics of, of, of praying, of trusting, of pointing people to Jesus, expecting rejection, of of who we are before we do. In May, we're going to talk about going across our county, across the ocean, across the world. But remember that going to all the world starts with going across the street or maybe across the lunchroom or maybe across the cubicle. Do people still work in cubicles anymore? I don't know. Virtual cubicle. It starts with reaching out and going out of our comfort zone. And it starts with prayer. So on day 38 this week, Zach is going to ask us to write out the names of five people that we know who don't know Jesus. People who need to know Jesus. So don't, you don't have to wait for day 38. You can do that now. Five names of people who need to know Jesus that you can be praying for. And praying for opportunities, praying that God would send you into the harvest field towards them. And then this week, I would encourage you to, to reach out to someone. Maybe it's someone on that list. Maybe you already have a list that you've been praying on. And, and so this week, reach out to someone. Some of those, it might be just building an initial bridge, getting out of your comfort zone and just saying, hey, at least I want to meet my neighbor and know their name. I want to know something about them. And so I realize, you know, sometimes if that can be a little awkward if you've lived in a place for a while. Maybe you've lived there for two years, five years, ten years, and you don't even know the name of the person next door. And you're like, wow, this is kind of weird for me to do that now. Can I just encourage you? Press past the weirdness. And let me just give you a line to start your conversation. You can just go to them and you can just submit. You know, this, I, feel, I feel bad. I feel bad that I've lived here now for five years and we haven't had the chance to to meet each other to introduce myself i figure 5 years is long enough my name's dave and just start a conversation with them and and start to get to know them and build that bridge and build a relationship and and here's another thing they they may never come to faith in christ but pray for them and if you are going and sharing your life and building a relationship and asking god for the opportunity to talk with them then you've done what god called you to do so maybe maybe your next step is to reach out and build a bridge with someone maybe you've been building a bridge and it's time for you to actually invite them invite them to easter i mean what a great opportunity so next week second service outside no registration limits we're just going to take everybody that comes so bring 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 your neighbors with you if they're willing to come say it's going to be a beautiful day let's sit outside and Enjoy some time together. Or maybe, maybe they're not ready to do that. Maybe they're not ready to come with you. Invite them to join us online. We have that opportunity available now. So on our Easter page, if you go to our website and go to our Easter page there, there's a graphic that you can download. And you can text that to them. You can email it to them. Um, and, and you can say, hey, would you join us even online? Just Just check it out. Don't keep to yourself what has been shared with you. A couple of weeks ago, we had a baptism here, a young lady named Gracie. And part of her story was that as she she grew up going to church, and then she drifted away. And by the time she got to college, she was not walking with the Lord at all. And one day, a, a girl just walked up to her, seemingly out of the blue. This girl walked up to her and said, Um, Would you like to go to a Bible study with me? And Gracie said that because of that invitation, she went to that Bible study, and the Lord used that process to get her back on track, following him, devoted to him to the point where she was willing to get up in front of everybody and say, I want to be a follower of Jesus. I want to stick with him. Because do, do you think that girl walking across the campus felt a little awkward about that, walking up to a stranger? think maybe that was a little out of her comfort zone, but look at what happened as a result. There may be somebody in your life that is just waiting for you to get out of your comfort zone and go. Let's pray. Father, thank you for coming to us. Jesus, thank you for going from your throne in heaven to, to come to earth on our behalf. I mean, talk about getting out of your comfort zone. Jesus, we thank you for all that you sacrificed. Lord, would you make us good followers of you? Would you make us good at following your lead so that we would have our eyes open, Lord, prayerfully for the people around us that you have planted right there for us to share with them the good that you have done in our lives? Lord, would you multiply your kingdom the conversations that will take place in this coming week and beyond, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.